Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Give me the flats of dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. And with that beer pour, you guys know it's Monday night. It is the Monday night kickoff show. I am the host of said show, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Joining me as always, my illustrious co-host, Mr. Happy Vidal. What's up, brother? What's up, beer man? Good evening. A uh, little tired tonight, but I'm good, man. Today was a was a, one of those type of days at work, man. It it was like ninety something degrees. And uh, working outside for a couple of hours, <laughs> that was pretty bad. But other than that, man, I'm good, man. Good deal. Good deal. So uh, have you, did you get a chance to get out and do any fishing this past week, bro? Well, I don't know if you saw, but that impromptu trip to the Keys. Um, I did see that. Yeah, man. It wasn't like a planned thing or nothing. It was sort of like you know, last-minute type deal almost, you know, stuff like that, and headed over to the Keys this past weekend um, and uh, did a little bit of offshore fishing, did do some offshore fishing and stuff, and that's that's about it. Didn't do any inshore or anything like that, just did some offshore and caught a bunch. I mean, could have caught a hundred peanut dolphins if we wanted to. I mean, there were so many peanut – there was peanut dolphin everywhere out there. Nice. Um, you know, they're all just they're too small. You know, everything was too small. We were just catching and releasing and stuff. And I even pulled the fly rod out for a little while there and tried to see if I could get Tyson them to eat a fly, man. But they'll come right up to it and and sniff it and, and, and leave it alone. I mean, it was like that for like half hour with the fly rod. And yeah. got just, just got frustrated after a while and just put it down and just said, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but, uh yeah, but tons of peanut dolphin out there, man. Tons of peanut dolphin. I mean, all the peanut dolphin you want out there. But uh, we went like about 15 miles offshore, and that's yeah. where the peanuts were. And then, uh, and then the the real big ones and stuff. I got all the big ones and stuff. I heard were like 30 miles out, and that's way out there. I mean, I wasn't going. We weren't going 30 miles out. So, 
that's about it, man. Did, did, did that this weekend. That's that's about the only fishing I did. Um, so that's 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 I had a good time doing it though, man. It was a great time. That's awesome. I know you guys did. You guys did some inshore fishing. I know Alan did too, man. I know you guys were you guys wanted to fish. Yeah, Alan went up to uh, the Mosquito Lagoon. I saw he got a, got into some reds and uh, caught some trout too, I guess. And Tammy and um, Vicky Saley, I guess they both got into some tarpon. Um, Sunday morning before opening up the shop, I was invited to go over to one of our customers, uh, one of our Space Coast Kayak Angler members, uh, Alec, um, young Alec. You, you know who I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. The, yep. Yep. So Alec, Alec and his mom and, and his family invited me over to the house to, uh, launch off the backyard basically. And, and that was pretty awesome. Um, wow. and we just, I, yeah, I just want, I've been wanting to fish with, the, with Alec for quite a while. Um, he's been coming into the store for, you know, for a good while now and they're good customers of mine. And plus two, I just like him. He's a good kid. Very polite. I bet you no exaggeration. He must've thanked me. <laughs> a hundred times throughout the day just because I'm, I'm, I'm just complimenting him on his casting. Listen, when I was at his age, I, I could skip a bait. I could do it, you know, but this kid, every dock we hit Peppy, he's skipping a bait right up underneath the dock and he's skipping a bait over to the seawall. And he's, and he's just, he's on point, man. Kid's good. It's cool to see the younger generation like that, you know, with skill with, with a good skill set like that. So, uh, but here, check this out. So it's kind of crazy. So I get to his house. I'm late, which I'm never late getting down the water. You guys know that. I'm never late getting down the water. I was late. I was a half hour late. I, I honestly, I, I slept in, whatever. So I get to his house. I roll the PA with the wheels down the dock. <laughs> we dump the PA yeah. in the river off the end of the dock. And it's it's a it's a good probably three three and a half, maybe four foot drop from the dock to the water. So, <laughs> I mean, no big deal. I mean, I, I jumped in the boat and walked it down and then grabbed the back end of the boat and set it in the water, whatever. Got my power pole rigged up, hit my button to, you know, keep the boat where, where I needed it so I can start rigging up my, uh, one of my rods that didn't have anything rigged on it. And dude, five feet, five feet away from me, Rolls of tarpon. <laughs> I'm not. I can't even make it up. And I look up at. I look up at at Alec. I look up at his mom, and I'm like, really? <laughs> like, y'all y'all have tarpon rolling right off your dock when there's commotion in the water. Like, they're that comfortable Ooh. around here? Oh, we're gonna have to put some hooks <laughs> in tarpon's faces. That's just, that's that's just gonna have to happen. So. Oh, uh, man. Alex's biggest redfish to date is 21 inches, right? Caught it off his dock. So my goal that that morning was to try and find him a tar, uh, trying to find him a redfish that was bigger than 21 inches. So we took off from his backyard on down the shoreline, looking for pushes, looking for tails, looking for anything. Didn't see a thing. Saw a few pushes, threw to him, turned out to be tarpon, 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 tarpon everywhere. Not a problem. That's not a bad thing, right? I'll, I'll, I'll personally, I'd give up a hundred redfish catches to catch a tarpon. I love catching tarpon. I love catching redfish, but you know what I'm saying? Tarpon are one of those fish. You don't see them every single trip. 
Yep. So it, it's special, you know. So uh, we get down to uh, the causeway by by where he lives, and we turn around, and I'm like, look, I didn't see anything that looks, you know, fishy as far as redfish and trout or whatever. We passed on those, those tarpon back there. Let's go back and let's focus on that. That's kind of the sure thing right now. So we head back, and uh, Alex like, yeah, usually they roll over here by this one dock. And he describes the dock. So we come rolling up. We come paddle, or pedaling up. And sure enough, the dock that he says are normally around, they're, they're, they're stacked all around the dock. And I'm like, man, this is, this is going to be good. So I'm like, go ahead, man, throw in there. So he throws in there, hooks a fish, lost it, hooks a fish, lands it. And a decent little tarpon, you know, a little river tarpon. That's the picture that I put up. Mm-hmm. And now that he's got a fish, I figure, yeah. Why not? So I pull out my fly rod, and I start slinging the fly, and uh, hooked one, lost it, and then uh, hooked another one, lost it, and then finally got one, and the one that I got, he got a little bit of video of me standing up, you know, landing it, and uh, it was pretty cool, man. It was it was definitely interesting to fish that area. I'd never fished that area from a kayak. I fished it from boats before, from skiffs um, before, but I've never fished the docks, never fished the seawalls, never fished up close, you know. And yep. I guess, from what he was telling me, there's a lot of big snook to hang around by his place, too. So that's pretty interesting. But uh, all in all, it was a good morning. Um, got off the water a little bit earlier than expected. I got a, I forgot, I almost forgot that I had a, uh, a meeting at the shop with a customer. Guys coming down from the Carolinas on their way down to the Keys wanted to stop and check out some RCI optics, so... Um, jumped off the water, jumped in the truck, hauled butt up to the shop, got there. Gentleman comes in and purchases his pair of RCI optics and some other stuff, and they get on the road to go back down south, and the rest of the day was great. But uh, that was pretty much my fishing for this weekend. I mean, it was short and sweet, but awesome nonetheless. One landed tarpon for me, a couple jump-offs. Um, watched Alec pull that one in, which was cool, and good conversation, you know, and and – Kids like a sponge. So anytime any of you guys from Space Coast Kayak Anglers that are listening out there have an opportunity to go somewhere and fish an area, you might want to give this kid a, uh, a shout on Facebook and see if he wants to maybe join you or whatever. I think we should try and get him more involved. Um, he, I mean, the guy, I mean, he's just, he's, he's got crazy talent. So it's fun to watch. But anyhow, uh, so there's that. And then I see, I saw that uh, Ed and, and Mike Welsh and them went down to Pompano, I guess, or or Dania Beach, one of them places, and did pretty well. I saw Michael jumped his first uh, his first sailfish, lost it, but still nonetheless had it on. And then um, what else? Oh, uh, Ed got a couple of blackfin tunas and a bonita eaten in half. They got a cool picture of a giant, uh, not giant, but a big barracuda coming out of the water. So that's pretty cool. But other than that, man, it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> stand by and wait now to see what this front does to us, this little uh, tropical depression or whatever sitting off our coast. So, yeah, Any word on that? Be, uh, that uh, it's going to go north. Nothing's going to happen with that stuff, I don't think. But and, uh, the winds are going to be pretty bad for the next couple of days, it looks like. It looks like it's going to be windy. So... Any type of yak fishing that you're going to do now that, you know, within the next couple of days or anything like that, you better be hiding out somewhere behind some islands or something because it looks like it's going to be pretty windy, so. 
Yeah. But, well, but so uh, real quick, um, last week we were hoping to have uh, Noah Miller on the show to uh, talk about his first place finish um, over there at the Cars Park Redfish Challenge. And uh, because he beat you in by time, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's welcome Mr. Noah Miller to Kayak Fishing Radio. Hey guys, how's it going? Never thought you'd hey, get a, a standing ovation coming onto a radio show. Huh? No, probably not. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Good man, good. Yeah, well, good. Why don't you uh, tell us? Tell us a little bit about uh, about your day out there, um, game plan, that kind of thing, and, uh, you know, just kind of let, let us in on how you uh, pull it out. Okay. Um, uh, Greg Berry is my basically my fishing wife, and um, pretty much okay. every weekend we're out on the water together, and, and uh, we just came up with a plan. We were like, we're just going to go fish our normal, that west side at the no motor zone. And we'll be there. We'll launch at 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we knew it was going to be a little bit of, you know, a race to kind of paddle north and kind of get ahead of all the uh, the crowd of the of the plastic armada that was going to be out there. So we started, um, as soon as it was uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, we started heading north. And uh tell you what, man, I'm in my sports authority kayak just paddling my butt off with my bedding branches uh, paddle there and trying to keep ahead of everybody. And, <laughs> And sure enough, it paid off. We paddled uh, pretty far. We paddled up past the uh, the towers there, start position, and um, pretty much all day I was throwing uh, the Slayer uh, stick bait, the SSB, and I started off the morning and throwing it in the mulching color, and um, just paddling along, looking for fish, standing up, push pulling along the uh, the flats there, and and sure enough, I I come up on a school of about uh, 25 to 30 reds, just balled up. Shoulder, shoulder, slot size fish, man. And uh, fished that SSB in front of him and twisted a couple times, boom, got hit. And uh, missed the fish. Like, oh, I see the fish pick up, start to move slowly away from me. can still see every one of them, like, six inches apart from each other, slowly creeping off. So I make another cast in front of them, boom, get hit again. I set the hook, fight that fish, kind of yell over to Greg to, to try and get a cast in there to hook one of them and... and Sure enough, he does. He gets a small, you know, a rat red, actually, out of that school. And I uh, get the fish in, measure him. He was about, I think he was a 23-and-a-half-inch fish. I'm like, great. I've got a fish. You know, I'm on the board. And now I'm going to try and, you know, keep upgrading throughout the day. And um, kept fishing, kept fishing, plugging away, throwing blind casting, seeing some smaller fish move around. Um, I ended up catching about 10 reds that day but most of them were within the 15 to 18 inch range. Just a lot of rat red schools moving around, pushing up lakes, um, kind of getting me excited. And then I'd hook a fish and it'd just be a small red. So I'm um, just all throughout the day. I'm trying to upgrade, trying to upgrade. And, um, about 11 o'clock in the afternoon or in the morning, I should say, I'm out on the flat, just kind of drifting along, looking for schools. And I see a red laying in about two feet of water sitting on top of the grass. His head's almost completely buried in the grass. And I pitch a uh, Slayer XST in the smoke and mullet, which is one of my favorite colors this time of year, um, 
across about six feet, you know, in front of the fish at an angle and start reeling it to them. And I got to say, those paddle tails throw off so much vibration. Before the bait even got within eyesight of the fish, that fish picked his head up, looked at it, and just charged for it. I watched the gills flare open, sucked the bait in, and I ripped his face sideways, and it was off to the races. And that fish was just taking off, pulling out drag, and uh, it was awesome, man. And I got that fish in, and he was 23 and three-quarters inches, and that was, uh, you know, I guess the winning fish, man, because, you know, I thought for sure, you know, I'll be on the board, but I had no clue that I was going to be first place. So it was awesome, man. It was a great tournament, um, just awesome. You know, I can't say enough good things about Alan and, and the way he ran that tournament. Everything was smooth. The food was awesome. You know, it was great seeing everybody and hanging out with everybody. It was just incredible, man. So I can't say enough good things about it. And, and uh, just a big thank you to uh, every, all the sponsors and, and everyone who participated. It was just an amazing event, and I can't wait to fish Alan's next tournament. Yeah, it was fun, man. I think everybody had a good time. I know <clears throat> Peppy was your runner-up, came up right up there behind you with the same lengths and, um, you know, missed you by a couple of hours or whatever it came out to be. But uh, it was a good event, and, man, and good that- showing. Yep, and I was the same as Noah. I was thinking the same as Noah. Noah. That's why I stayed out there. I checked in with seven minutes. I think I had seven minutes left before I could, before his deadline. I mean, I stayed out there all day because I would have never in the world imagined what I had would have ended up in the top somewhere like that. There's no way. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying no way. With 130-something anglers, there's no way those two fish are going to end up in the top somewhere. You know, so... That's you know that's fishing though, man. It's fishing, man. You know, it's, you just you just gotta you you just gotta you know try as hard as you can every single time when you're tournament fishing. And and I do you know Chuck knows the way I fish, and I will fish my butt off on tournaments, and I will stay out there to the last minute if I can. You know what I'm saying? It, it, and and that's that's what you got to do. And I mean, you just gotta persevere and, and try your best and everything like that. And you did good, man. You did awesome, man. That's that's. That and to catch and to catch your fish in no motors on. Let me tell you, man, I'll give you even more props for doing that because yeah, no many crap. people were in that place. <laughs> yeah, man, that walk, no way, man. I didn't, I was not even gonna get close to that place. <laughs> I thought about yeah, it. It was, like it was packed, man. It was packed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, I did. I thought about it for a minute. I was like, you know what? If I put in it at cars and haul butt to the northeast corner, <laughs> I might be all by myself. You know, I'll hustle up there. I'll use that PA to my advantage and get up there quick. But uh, no, I I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, not no, no. When I saw how many, because I didn't know, I didn't, dude, I had no clue there was going to be a hundred and thirty something anglers. I figured it was going to be fifty, sixty, maybe seventy anglers, which was you know kind of typical for the last couple tournaments and hundred and thirty something anglers. And yeah, that's that's impressive, dude. Regardless, and it was a tough, tough day. And for you to catch, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever fish you end up with, that's incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I was off the water early. I got off the water at nine o'clock, and and even by getting off the water early, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen for me. There's no freaking way. And you know, I was hoping. I'll be honest. I was kind of rooting for for you guys, or obviously all of our Space Coast guys. And uh, I, I one thing I hate about tournaments here locally is when when we any of us get beat by guys from out of town that pisses me off so um it's our own backyard but no that was awesome man congratulations for sure to, for a great 
a great win. Now, here's the question of the day. The question of the day is, are you going to stay in your Sports Authority kayak, or are you, or are you possibly shopping around? As I've heard a rumor, heard a rumor that you may or may not be thinking about joining the dark side. Oh, I'm, I'm well on my way to the dark side. Um, the problem is that I just had a kid about eight months ago. Yes, you did. And we're buying our first house within the next few months. So I'm, I'm well on my way to the dark side, but, you know, the wife and the money just aren't there yet. Exactly. Yeah, you got priorities. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's all right. <laughs> so I'll be there within the next year. I'll have my Hobie man, and uh, I'll be on the dark side. So. Sweet. And then you can uh, you can use that C-Deck kit, I guess, then, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'll hold on to that thing, man. I'll, I'll actually already have C-Deck on my Sports Authority kayak, believe it or not. I actually already <laughs> have C-Deck on that. You would not believe it. I'll put a picture of it on Spanish Coast Kayak. Anyways. I've got it actually rigged out pretty good for a, for a Sports Authority kayak. <laughs> you did it in Teak, didn't you? Uh, no, Greg Berry actually has the teak one. I've got it's the same uh, texture as the teak, but it's the gray color that I have. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I actually heard that when you had won that C deck, and and I think I was talking to you, Chuck, or to Alan or somebody, and I told and I whoever I told, I go, man, I hope he holds on to that certificate and just holds on to it until he gets a boat that you know what he really wants, you know, and just do it with that, you know, do it then. Yeah, I, it was kind of funny when Alan asked me what what boat I had. I was like, uh, I got a Sports Authority kayak. <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter a bit. I mean, look at as long as it floats and it gets you from point A to point B, you, you kicked everybody's butt on a day where it was really really tough. And uh, I mean, the the thing that was interesting to me about the tournament was it was almost honestly there was quite a few guys there that were from out of town and some of them from out of state that are known champions of some of the biggest tournaments. Like, I mean, you beat a lot of really, really good anglers that day, dude. So definitely hold your head high on that one. I mean, for sure. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you, man. It's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. Honest, honestly, Chuck, I owe a lot of what I learned to that, that fishing seminar that you gave on inshore fishing for redfish. Uh, what was it, two years ago at that strike zone, that little yeah. seminar that you did where Greg Barry and I went with and, and listened to you talk for an hour. That was really what got me into kayak fishing and fishing for redfish, and specifically sight fishing redfish. You know, so thank you for that, man. Learned a lot, and uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, I don't know what Chuck. Chuck, you there? No. Oh, okay. We must have lost Chuck or something like that, man. No, that's good though, man. But uh. And I remember, and this weekend you went out too. This weekend you went fishing. This weekend also and caught some fish, didn't you? Yeah, I've got a story about that. I, uh, I went down to the Wabasso area. I won't say exactly where because I really like that area. <laughs> but uh, well, I know that area uh, with, well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna <laughs> say, yeah, with, I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with Greg Berry and my little brother Luke. And we, we launched early in the morning and paddled out and actually had a pretty tough day. I normally do fairly well there on smoke and, and red. 
And I really, I only got one nice red that I sight fished all along the mangroves there. Um, that fish came on the uh, the molting SST as well. Um, I love that that bait, man. It's just an awesome bait. But uh, I got him. I got a few small snooks, and, and really didn't didn't do much until about 11 o'clock. Again, like the heat of the day is really starting to get hot, and I pitched a SSB in the gold brim color. So the stick bait underneath of a dock and hooked about a 40-inch snook. And that snook took off, man. I got him out of the dock at first. I actually hooked him on that new bull bay rod that I won in the tournament. And that mm-hmm. rod was in a U. I was putting that new rod to the test, man. And just pull on that fish. And you know what? I won't say what hook it was, but that hook is completely straight now. And I lost that fish because the hook bent straight. <laughs> I've had that happen so, several times with some some big yeah, things like so. that. Straight, and I I know exactly that area. Wabasha, let me tell you that area around there. I've been I've fished it now for probably it's been a good four or five years that 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 I've been fishing that area, and I haven't fished it lately. I don't fish it as much as I used to because the fishing just got real bad down there with the with the grass dying out and all kinds of stuff and everything. Like I just wasn't as good as it mm-hmm. used to be. But let me tell you, I fished it last, I think last summer I fished it. And somewhere around last summer or somewhere right after summer or something like that. Let me tell you, man, I saw some big snook when I was down there in that area. I did see some big snook, and, and uh, yeah, it, it's coming back. The snook fishing in that area is coming back, man. It's, it's really good fishing in that area. Right. Oh, yeah, without about, a doubt. Have you hooked any, uh, let me ask him, have you gotten into any flounders down there lately? Because you know they, I used to catch flounder all the time. You know, I was so mad because I was throwing the new cockroach color um, in some dirtier water right along the edge of an oyster bar where it kind of dropped off down to a little bit of a mud bottom there. And I hooked yeah. the fish, and I'm reeling him in, and I yell to Greg, wow, I got a nice flounder. He's coming home. I get the flounder up. He does that, that fatal little head shake that uh-huh. they do. Yeah. And there he goes. And I was like, oh, man, I just wanted to cut that fish out. Because <laughs> he was going to oh, come home while he's a flounder. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, I, did have a, I did have a flounder on, but he came off. He was probably about an 18-inch, 18-inch fish, a good fish. Okay. Yeah, that's good, man. I so. used to catch flounder there. I used to have some holes. I don't know. I, I, I wonder if I still go back to some of those spots. There's some holes over there that I know of um, that actually have those little you know, those little cuts inside the mangroves and stuff, and the water runs through those little cuts. Those flounder like to hang out right there in those little cuts. Those little cuts in the mangroves right there and stuff, they, they love hanging out there ambushing bait. And, man, there yep. wasn't a time that they did not go down there and I did not bring home a flounder. Always. In one of those little cuts, there was always a flounder somewhere there. But, you know, that's why I'm asking you how it is lately because I know a lot of other people that I know that know that same area that I know and stuff where I've told me, they go, man, the flounder's not, they're not there like they used to be. You know, they're just, they're not there. And I'm like, man, I wonder what the heck is going on to make them change it up, you know, that they're not there. But, yeah, yeah, I fished it a few times uh, lately within the past couple of months, and that was the first flounder I've hooked out of there. So I, I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of them there per se you know, that I've seen, but. But definitely, you know, I did hook that one, so. Yeah, but that's good That's good to see that the, the snook, man, are coming back in that area, man, and big ones too, man, because I know 
The one I saw last year, man, I did see a big one out there, man. I saw a big one, and I was like, I, I could not believe it. I was like, oh, my God. It, you know, I would love to hook that, you know, hook something like that, you know. But but I'm glad to see they're coming back because they were there before, you know, and, and now now they're making a comeback, which is good to hear, you know. Oh, yeah. Next, next time I'll be prepared with some, uh, with some super strong hooks and some heavy leader, and I'll be pitching those dots for sure. Yeah, and that's the problem with this 40-inch snook, you know what I'm saying? The 40-inch snook, man, that's no joke, man. The way that sucker pulls, man, something like that. Oh, my God, and it was insane. It was snookzilla, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and I, I talked to I talked to some other people, you know, some other guys in the, in the fishing industry before when I've had, I've had uh, big fish, big 40-inch-plus fish, do the same thing on me and bend my hooks, but the hooks that I've had bent have been weedless hooks. Okay. Yeah. I don't that's, know if you're using weedless hooks. On me. Yeah, they yep. were weedless the, hooks. These weedless hooks, the most weedless hooks are not made to catch fish that big. Right. You know, they're not made. Somebody's putting on the shark music, huh? Chuck <laughs> <laughs> must be back. Yeah. yeah, he must be back now. I'm back. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> oh, we, were, yeah. we were just talking big snook. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. That's what happens when you forget to pay your bill. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. I, forgot, I forgot to plug in my laptop this morning, so my laptop died. Um, big snook, huh? Well, I heard I heard Noah talking about a flounder. Uh, yeah, think, he was down. What he's saying, he was down at Wabasso area, and he was fishing last week, and he had a story to tell us, and he actually told us a story about Big snook that he lost. He could tell you, but he could he could say it again, and he could tell you about it and stuff. I, you probably didn't hear that part about yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 I did. I, ca- I caught that part of it too. Um, yeah, yeah dude, there's there's nothing there's nothing as exciting as that initial thump from a big snook, and when you know it's a snook, it, it, it the hairs on the back of your neck will stand up. And I don't know, man. To me, it's probably one of the hardest game fish in the river besides the tarpon to land. The big snook. Oh, yeah. I've caught a few big ones, but this one was just a beast. It was probably my biggest snook ever. If I had landed it, it would have been my biggest snook ever, even bigger than some of the snook I've caught, you know, out of Sebastian Inlet and everything. It was just, poof, it was huge. That's a monster to catch something like that on a, on a flat. If you're saying it was bigger than the ones you've caught on Sebastian Inlet, then that thing must have been, that thing must have been big, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it was it was in a, in a dock. Right where, you know, a longer dock where it's probably got, you know, six to eight feet of water. And it was sitting in that deeper water. And I let that bait sink all the way down and just twitched a couple of times off the bottom and thump. I had to fish. And then I seen the snook come up and he was head shaking at me and everything. And then he took off the other direction, went away from the dock at first, and then turned right back. He knew where his home was. And he went right back no. underneath of that dock. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man, that's uh, terrible when something like that happens, when you lose something like that, man. Uh, um, I had I had the last big snook I lost like that. I, it was down at the uh, uh, Adventure Fishing World Championship down in Chukaluski, down there, pre-fishing. Uh, I Actually, saw pre-fishing it. down there. Yep, you, you, yep, I was pre-fishing down there, threw into the mangroves a couple times, and pitched into there, and hooked up a big snook, hooked up a big snook down there. And pulled that sucker out, man. 
And I, I actually worked out good because I was in the Slayer Propel and I was able to hit reverse. You know, I started reversing as fast as I can when I hooked that thing to get him out of the mangroves. And I got him out. The only problem is, you know, when you have a big fish like that, he did, I had him out and I was fighting him on the side of the kayak. He decided to do a 90-degree turn and turned and went underneath my kayak. And you know what happens when a fish, when a big, big fish like that goes underneath your kayak and your rod tip goes under the kayak and everything like that, it didn't last long. The fight was over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Man, yep. that sucks. And that was with cameras. They had a, had a uh, video uh, guy with a uh, camera crew out there and everything like that when that happened. And I know they got it on video, and I'm sure they had to, whatever they got on video, they probably had to bleep it out afterwards, all the <laughs> all this stuff that I was saying when it was done. Man, I threw my rod on the, on the kayak. I was cussing. I was doing all kinds of stuff because of that. You know, I lost a big fish. You know what I'm saying? It was it just ticked me off the way I lost, and I pulled him out of the out of the mangroves, and all of a sudden he dives underneath the boat like that, you know? Just does a complete yeah. 90 degree turn underneath the boat, and there's nothing you can do then. You're done. You're done. If he takes your rod tip under the boat, you're done. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, yeah those that fish was... are some of the smartest fish about getting in a structure. Yeah, that was pretty interesting yeah. to watch. Yeah, that was pretty interesting to watch. Pepe, Pepe and I, and, and actually there's a whole host of us that came out of the uh, out of this cut out into the bay, and as soon as he made the right-hand turn, I think it was his first or second cast, he's both up on a big snook, and we're all like, really? <laughs> and then it was as soon as he hooked it. As soon as he hooked it, I was like, man, that's a big fish. I seen it, seen it come up to the surface and head shake once, and I was like, man, that's a big fish. And Alex and I were kind of like getting over there to kind of go see it. And about the time that we got near him, it was like, pow, done. He, and he, he's not exaggerating when he said that there were some expletives that were yelled out. So they definitely couldn't have used it for the, uh, the family-friendly video at the end. But it would be cool to see that footage, the rock footage. Yeah right. I haven't, I, you know, I haven't even seen the footage myself. I would love to see that footage of that of that snook like that. I wonder if they. I'm sure they got it there. I could probably ask them to see if I could, because I would like to see it too. You know. Mhm. Man. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, let's see what time is it? Eight thirty-four. Folks, hey guys, we gotta run. But, uh, that, uh, good. What's that? You gotta run. Yeah, I got to run, guys, but it's been uh, awesome. Sorry to cut it short, but I got to get out of here. All right, buddy. Take it easy, man. Thanks for calling in. All right, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Take it easy. All right, Noah. All right, thanks. Good. Bye. There you go. So that was Noah Noah giving us a couple of fishing stories there. Uh, folks, as always, you know that Peppy and I are both sponsored by uh, PowerPole. Um, the PowerPole Micro is an incredible tool for any kayak, any small skiff, airboat. Um, it's a... Uh, Man, it is without a doubt a game changer. I'm telling you. Uh, the other day, I think I convinced Alec that he needs one for his PA. We're working in between the docks looking for those tarpon, and there was a couple of docks that were no longer really in existence. There were some pylons that were left standing from where the docks used to be. And I was able to slide the PA in while throwing the fly, push the, you know, push the button on my, on my remote, get the boat to stop, and throw the fly almost simultaneously and be able to get me on those fish. So uh, definitely check them out if you haven't already done so. Come by the shop of the KBB Outfitters or Kayaks by Bow and take a peek at one of the, our, uh, the one of the ones we have set up there in the store. Um, just a great, great tool all around to be had for sure. 
Appreciate everything those guys do for us. Great sponsors um, of the show, so appreciate that. Talk to uh, talk to Finn a little bit today. He's uh, you know, they're excited about iCast. They're going to be there, I guess. So uh, that'll be fun. Go by and see those guys. So talking about iCast a little bit. A lot of folks that are listening to the show that may or may not get to go. Um, let's see. We got a hold on one second. We got a new new listener from O Town. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Chris Brands is telling me to say hello to our new listener from O Town. So uh no. Yeah. So anyhow, so um thank you. Well oh Greg Adair. There he is. So uh appreciate it, Greg. But anyhow, so a lot of folks who are listening to the show may or may not know what iCast is. iCast is the world's largest fishing tackle uh product show. It is a it's not open to the public. It's closed off to um, to vendors, reps, and uh, buyers and media. You can get some folks get passes to get in via their sponsor programs or whatever. Uh, I'm going as a as a buyer, obviously for KBB Outfitters. Looking forward to uh, jumping out there and seeing what's new and exciting. I, I've got, you know, I don't know what all you've heard yet, Peppy, about new stuff that we're going to see out there, but. I've heard, uh, or I know for a fact, that there's a few things that definitely have my interest. Uh, first and foremost, last couple of years, Akuma, Akuma Fishing has really come a long way. Um, the guys from Akuma Fishing have done a great job at uh, coming out with really, really good quality uh, inshore reels, uh, offshore reels and such. And um, this next year seems to be no different. They have a new line of rods coming out for next year that are going to be called Shadow Stalkers. Um, and uh, they have a East Coast inshore series of those rods uh, that they will be unveiling down there. At, I mean, over here, I said down there, over here at, at ICAST <laughs> Orlando um, this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing those. I, I was lucky enough to have the um, product manager from both Savage Gear and from uh, Akuma in the shop, recent, not recently, uh, a couple months ago. And they were telling me about their plans to build some inshore rods, and the price points are going to be proper, right around $100 retail, maybe a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. And there's some uh, a bunch of stuff that I've gotten some emails on lately that are, that's new and exciting. We can't really release until after the show. Is there anything in particular that uh, you're really looking forward to seeing, Pep? Um, like always, I mean, it's one of those things when you go to ICAST, you just you're 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 pretty much in awe when you're in that place because there that place is that show is just so huge. I mean, it is huge, and there's always going to be something there that just floors you or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You always find something new that you could you know, like certain lures or something like that. You're gonna, I'm, I'm sure. We're going to see some baits out there, Chuck, like we've seen in the past. You just sit there, and they have that bait in the pool, and they have it swimming, and you're just sitting there looking at it like, oh, my God, could that be real? You know, could, yeah. I mean, certain things like that, you know, um, there's really nothing particularly that I can really I want to see. The only thing that I really, um, that I have heard a lot of talk about and stuff, and I want to see what they come out with. I mean, I want to see what it is, but I'm pretty sure I know what it is. 
but it's like we've we've talked about it. It's the new Predator. Is the new old town the old new old town uh, kayak they're coming out with? Um, they said it's hands free. We don't know what it is, what they mean by hands free, but like we like I'm I'm curious to see what they come out with. You know, I have a feeling like you said, it, it, you know, like you said also, it's it's probably an electric motor, but I'm curious. You know, I'm curious to see what they come out with. Yeah, um, Johnson Outdoors that owns Ocean and owns um, Old Town, they also own Minkota. So, I mean, it just kind of – they already had the, the torque from Ocean at one point. So, I mean, I would I would venture to say it's probably what it's going to be. But it though, especially in our, in, in our little niche, the, the kayak market, kayak companies have been gr- – the, the, uh, let me back up. The kayak influence has grown – tremendously over the last couple of years at ICAST. Um, it started off where there was like one, maybe two kayak companies and nobody there with kayak stuff. You know, no, there was, there was, there wasn't a Ram didn't have a, a booth um, or I shouldn't say that Ram did have a booth, but it was more uh, boat type materials as opposed to the kayak stuff. And then there was, um, yeah. you know, um, Scotty wasn't really, big there at the show and you didn't really see a lot of the manufacturers. Like I said, it might've only been two last year in Vegas. There, it was, it was crazy. Um, Jackson had a booth and Hobie of course had a booth and um, wilderness didn't have a booth, but they had the new ride X there in the Lawrence booth. Um, Diablo was there. New canoe was there. Uh, Freedom Hawk was there. Um, Mokin was there. I mean, there was a bunch of different companies that were there. Um, so it's like, then you had, it seems like every year, every year is growing more and more with the kayak industry. That's, you know, that's, that's great. It is, it is. And what, what's really cool is, uh, not just with the kayak industry, but now too, with the fly side of things, which is what I'm really excited about this year. And if I could be quite honest with you, um, last year, the uh again out in vegas the fly side of the show was really kind of cool they they had it kind of sectioned off and it was its own kind of a thing and um it was nice it was it was cool to go in there and see you know strictly fly fishing type stuff and things that would work well in an outfitters type setting like um you know maybe uh i'm not going to say high end but but you know a little bit nicer tackle bags and real real cases and um leader uh, wheel holders and all kinds of things that fit that fly fishing market. You know what I'm saying? And then there was a lot of, uh, man, there was a pile of uh, custom tires that were there that, or commercial tires, I should say that were there with samples of their flies, like on pegboards and just to walk through and see some of that stuff was really, really cool. I'm looking forward to that for sure. That's probably going to be, I'm probably going to spend most of my time in that section of the show, uh, which promises to be, a little bit bigger this year than even last year. Last when, year's when I cast, the whole, Sorry. I, I was going to ask you, when is the whole fly fishing? Remember, I think they're dedicating one day to fly fishing, aren't they? Like, isn't it one day they have a big fly fishing thing going on? Well, I mean, they have they they, they have fly stuff going on all week because it's different. Yeah. It's actually a different little section. I'm not sure. they They may have... Uh, an evening where it's going to be like, I don't know, like last year, for instance, they did uh, the Drake, the Drake magazine was there and they had a, uh, an event, uh, an award ceremony, if you will, for the fly fishing film tour, basically. 
um, where they, you know, it was kind of a, you know, uh, cash bar. You walk in and it's like a who's who of, of fly fishing. And it was just a lot of fun, you know, we get to watch some really awesome videos put on by uh, the folks from, uh, from the Drake and it was good. But uh, they have a casting pond there. They'll have, I mean, there'll be all kinds of industry pros that'll be, walking around throwing fly or throwing fly lines and stuff like that. So um, it, it'll be interesting for you to see it, you know, cause like I say, it, it's, it's a nice break from the rest of the show. It's not as busy as the rest of the show. So it's nice. It's the problem with ICAST for me is that it, it, it is very, very busy. I'm not, I'm not a very busy show kind of a person, if that makes any sense. I don't like to be shoulder to shoulder with a lot of people for extended periods of time. I just, it's just not my thing. So to be able to sneak away and go to the fly section and be able to have, you know, some breathing room and be able to actually have a conversation without having to yell over a hundred people is, is kind of nice. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I agree. So, that's, yeah. That's how it was when I, the, the times that I've gone like that, it's been like, a, a, like crazy packed, you know, like crazy, you know, like you're saying shoulder to shoulder and you're trying to look at something and you yeah, and then you got somebody else there and then all of a sudden, you know, sometimes it's so packed that you want to talk to somebody there to one of the reps of, and you just can't talk to anybody. It's, it's that crowded. I mean, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a good, sh- I, I like it. You know, I like it. It's just a little, like you said, it's it, just get ready for the crowd, you know, get ready for that stuff because it's going to be there. So, Absolutely. And one of the things that like last year, for instance, I had to, I had to break the, I had to break my time up into multiple days to be able to see the things I wanted to see. And like, I know Mike Welsh and uh, some of the guys that are in the chat room are going to be out there. And one of the things that I can tell you from, from having many, many years of experience at ICAST is that kind of in your head, have a plan of how you kind of want to walk through the show you can go online to the ICAST website and you can see pretty much a, a aerial map of where everyone's booths are going to be. If I were you, if you could only make it out there for one day, you probably should earmark a couple of booths that you absolutely want to see because when you get there and you start walking around and you see how big this show is, in order for you to take the time to walk through each individual booth and actually look at everything, it's going to take you multiple days. Um, there, that's the reason why I'm not going to be at the store at all that entire week. I mean, I'm going to be in Orlando the entire week. I have to be because I know from experience that it, it just, it, there's no way you can walk that show in a day and see everything. Um, go to clear coat. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Cool. Ricky Banks will be there. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. You know, um, I will, I will venture to say that this will probably be the biggest of the ICAST shows that I've ever been to this year's because of the fact they brought in the fly last year and it, it did so well. I think that that's going to be even bigger this year. I know there's some guys that are coming, uh, some, some rod manufacturers that are coming to ICAST that are new to ICAST and I'm really excited about seeing them. Um, Clutch Fly Rods has got a booth. Uh, over in the fly section, so I'm excited to see that. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but you know, also remember too that it's not it, if you if you did get a pass and you, you are going, you know, whichever way you're going, <laughs> remember just remember this: 
and I'm only saying this as a friend, I'm only saying this so you have a good experience. If you show up with a portfolio in your hand and you're trying to get sponsorship <laughs> deals and all this kind of crap, they will probably throw you out. Yep. I watched them remove a few people in Vegas, and yeah, it's not that kind of a show. No one cares about your tournament shirt. No, no one cares about your resume. Just go and check out all the new stuff and have a great time. And, you know, honestly, the time when most of that kind of thing happens is after the show. So you might go and network and make good connections and just, you know, make, make you know, friendly conversation with folks in their booths and whatever. And then at the, in the evening, sometimes there's after parties like Costa has a big after party and um, some of the other manufacturers have big parties and whatnot. And when you go to those types of uh, situations, sometimes those conversations just naturally come up because you're in a more, much more relaxed setting and it's not so much about the business. So, um, but yeah, don't, don't just do yourself a favor, go and, and understand that it's a, it's a show that's designed for media and buyers. And truly that's it. Like that the whole purpose of iCast is for the media to be able to see what's coming out new and for buyers to be able to see what's coming out new. And, uh, look at that. <laughs> Mike, so he had a custom shirt made for the show. <laughs> um, yeah. That's awesome. But uh, you, you laugh, dude. You know Wait. what? There's a lot of people do that. A lot so, of people so do Mike, that. Mike, Mike should go on. Mike should get a shirt that says one of those type of shirts like that, one of those uh, performance shirts that says on it, um, put your logo here real big and <laughs> walk around with that thing. You know? <laughs> with like one of those bright neon like little sticker signs on it, say like fifty nine ninety five or whatever. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Mike says his re- uh, Mike says in the chat room his resume on the back and hero shots on the front. That is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, you know who and, and just to give you an idea, you know who walks around the show in, jer- in in a jersey is the Bass Professionals. And you know why they walk around the show in a jersey because they're getting paid to be at iCast. And their exactly. their sponsors expect them. Like Mike Iaconelli and some of those guys You'll see them wandering around, and they'll be wearing their tournament jerseys. And by all means, Iconelli should be wearing his tournament jersey at, at ICAST. I mean, why not? He's Mike Iconelli. Like, the guy freaking deserves it. Like, you know. But uh, it's, so, it's so classic, man. Every time, every year, there's always a group of uh, – there's always a few groups of dudes that are walking around, and they're wearing their uh, – they're wearing their shirts, and, and it's just – and they got their – you see, they got an, they got a, an envelope with them. Um, with resumes inside of it and that kind of thing. And it, it just cracks you up, you know. And I, when I used to go as media, I'd just laugh at it. Now that I'm going as, a, as, as an actual buyer, it's, it's, it's annoying. Yeah. It's and annoying. It, it's, it, exactly. And it's one of those things, Chuck, it's almost like you, you go there and, you know, you're frowned upon about doing that. And, and actually the vendors themselves – and the companies themselves don't like it because they're busy right now. You know, this is their time of the season right there. This is their show that they actually make a lot of money in this show. I mean, this is where they sell a lot of products. You know, they get products into stores and all kinds of stuff. And they don't want to be dealing with pro staff stuff and, you know, sponsorship stuff at, at, during this show. If anything, what you do, what you try to do is make a contact with somebody or something like that and, and talk to somebody. And just talk to them normal, whatever, and stuff like that. Maybe they give you a business card. And you know what? A week, two weeks down the line, 
if you want to contact them by email or something like that, more, you know, go ahead and do that. You know what I'm saying? Hit them up one or two weeks later down the road. You know, and tell them that you saw them at the show and you didn't want to bother them there, whatever, stuff like that. You know, just something like that. And it might be better off doing it that way. Um, Absolutely. Because they're busy, man. They, all these companies, they're all busy during the show. Dude, I went to set up an appointment to talk to a major manufacturer today um, for, for next week, or for ICAST week, I should say, two weeks. And uh, they had two appointments left. Yeah, look at that. They had, they had, <laughs> two, they had two appointments left for the whole week. And it was like Thursday. <laughs> and yeah, I'm that's like, crazy. Yeah, it's nuts, man. It is. It's it's funny I, to I, watch it. I I have one. I'll tell you right now. I do have to go. When I go there, I do have one appointment to meet with one company. I do have an appointment to meet with one company. And it wasn't even on me that I asked. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those things that they actually – they actually asked me if it's okay if I meet with them during ICAST. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to bother them during ICAST, but it just happened to be. It was one of those things. They could you meet during ICAST? You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, if you guys want to meet during ICAST, that's fine. You know, but I but it's one of those things. They're so busy. They are so busy during that time. I remember the times like the times uh, that I worked at Chuck with with uh, when I was a Diablo at the time. Man, that booth was so busy that yeah. I mean. You you have no time for anything else. I mean, it's just constant. It's busy the whole time. I mean, yeah. it, it really is. Yeah, it's nuts, man. I mean, I uh, last year I, I jumped into the Hobie booth for a second, and I helped out somebody in the Hobie booth um, with an interview. They uh, the guys from Bloody Decks, um, Bloody Decks Online or BD Outdoors. They wanted to do a uh, an interview, so. Uh, you know they were yeah. they were packed. Tell them, Trey, were they packed? Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, it was nuts, man. You know, but it's a lot of fun. Like I say, it's a lot of fun. It's a great show to go to. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to go to ICAST, Trey? Yes. No. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun to go to that show. I mean, no, no, it's, I'm hanging upside down. What? <laughs> Tell the world you're hanging upside down. I'm hanging upside down. There you go. All right. Well, so yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun last year. It stands to be a lot of fun this year. Looking forward to hanging out with a lot of really cool folks and seeing some old friends and meeting new people and seeing new faces and uh, new new material, new stuff. So. Good, good deal there. Um, what's your plan? Are you going to try and fish all this upcoming week? Um, yeah, I plan to fish a little bit. I'm hoping to. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing just yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I plan to do some fishing. I don't, you know, I don't know yet if I'm going to fish in a kayak or fish in a boat yet. It all depends on the wind and everything like that. On top of that. My boat is sitting inside, my flat boat is sitting inside the sea deck building. So I do not know if I'm going to have my boat back yeah. by this weekend or not. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yep, I'm I'll dying. What's that? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to tell you, I'm dying, you know, 
to see what my boat's going to look like once that thing is done, you know what I'm saying? Because I can just imagine, I mean, what it's going to look like, you know, when all that that sea deck is is all over that boat. Oh, it's going to look good, man, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I've heard through the grapevine that there's some tasty creatures that are living in and around some of our local bridges, so I'm going to go hit up some some mangrove snapper fishing in the next couple of uh, days or weeks or whatever. So, but anyhow, yeah, hey, listen, uh, normally we, we would jump out of here with uh, with all of our sponsor stuff. Peppy, go ahead and hit that real quick so we can go. My wife's just got called into work, so I got to run. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, man. You're, uh, hold on a second. Let me, uh, you got me by, uh, hold on, got to pull it up real quick. So Don't worry, take your time. I got mine. No, no, no. All right, hey, so, um, let me thank uh, Native Watercraft. Power Pole, Aqua Bound, Harry Goods, Slayer Ink Lures, Sea Deck, KBB Outfitters, Kayaks by Bill, Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounds, Tailing Toes, RCI Optics, and Herrera Stelly Cigars. Thank you all very much. The cigars are incredible. Yeah, they are. Yeah. What? Yeah. How do you do? Whatever. It helps them sleep. Uh, I want to thank uh, Hobie Kayaks. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Hobie Kayaks, RCI Optics, Tackle Webs, Real Adrenaline. Yeah, Trey, I know you love fishing. Real Adrenaline Energy <laughs> Drinks, Ego Net, ENO. Adventurous Custom Rods, uh, Power Pole, Slayer Ink Lures, Bending Branches, Paddles, and Tova Cameras, and of course, Sea Deck. Trey, tell them to get their fish on, like Captain Mike Ortega would say. Say, get your fish on. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> folks, take a kid fishing with you. That's They are indeed the future of our sport. Yeah, like me. Like Trey. <laughs> 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 You're a character tonight, dude. And, hit, uh, hit, Dad. Hit, 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 Dad, like me. Take me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it'll keep them out of trouble, keep them off of video games, and it's good for them. You never heard you never heard an eighty year old guy talk about the good old days sitting around playing checkers. He's always outside and having a good time. So Trey, yeah. tell people say we'll talk to you next week. What the heck? <laughs> say, <laughs> say we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> See you next week. Uh, goodbye. Oh, that's good enough. All right, guys. Take it easy. Happy man, thanks again. Thanks everybody who called in. Bye-bye, Thank you, bye-bye. Noah. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. See ya. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.